You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, that's um, that's pretty bad. The Raptors facing not the Hornets in this game, the Hawks uh, instead. Yes, they both start with an H, but very different basketball teams and levels of compete or talent or whatever you'd like to describe it as. 114 to 103, the Raptors lose. And uh, the good vibes, the three-game win streak, is now uh, put to rest. And the Raptors... Back in the back in the L's next to their streak on NBA.com L1 and a game where the shooting once again failed them. I think they were like seven for 24, maybe it was bad, man. What, what, what did they shoot from three? Let me check that out. Seven of 29. That is very bad. And especially considering the Hawks were 11 of 27. I know Nick Nurse had mentioned that for the three point disparity, he just wants to at least be in the game. They, I don't think he's expecting to win from the three-point line uh, very many games, but to be in it, uh, they lost the three-point battle by 12 points. I think that's in the game, but the Raptors' offense just not good enough outside of that. Pascal struggling immensely. Gary playing 20 minutes in this game, really weird. Fred playing 26 minutes in this game, also just bad, weird. The Raptors opting down the stretch to play big, and the reason for that is that the Raptors could switch more at the point of attack without giving anything up at the back end, yes. But also that when a big guy gets switched and it's a big guy rotating elsewhere on the floor and it's a big guy rotating to the ball now, uh, there's just more length on the court. And while, and also with the benefit of one of those guys being like Precious Achua, right? Or Pascal Siakam, who as far as switching out on guards like DeJounte Murray or Trey Young are going to be much better than, I guess, what you'd normally expect. But the Raptors in this game, they, they lost. Bad one. 114-103. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, you want to go with Goldfinger Law, and you know why? Because when you go with them, you only pay if you win. So if you lose, you're not paying them. That's a good thing, I think. Save some money if you're already taking an L. And uh, I guess spend some money... If you win, if you want to reach out to them, do so at 416-730-1777. Okay, so the biggest thing in this game, off the start, Scotty Barnes' performance. This was really great from Scotty. I think that this was a nice melding together of a lot of his talents. It's just, he's bigger than a guy like Jalen Johnson, right? He's bigger than DeJounte Murray. He's quicker than a couple guys in the front court for the, for the Hawks. He did a great job mixing in off-ball awareness, cuts, being opportunistic to get into spaces where he could get fed the ball and then finish on the inside. Like I think he only hit two shots outside of outside of three feet. He really peppered the paint, had seven uh, attempts, I think seven makes at the rim in this one. And then also on switches, these bully drives where, you know, he he's he's agile while also being extremely brutish. 
It's one of the most unique aspects of his game, getting to positions, those quick pickup points, that that fantastic brand of of finishing that he has that is returning to the point where people will start saying, oh yeah, he's a really great finisher because it was bad for a large portion of the season so far, but now it's returning to what I consider the norm, which is an elite finisher for his size, for his skill set. And if you want more on Scotty Barnes, go to Raptors Republic YouTube channel And uh, there's a video from myself and professional scout Josh Codinera, where for 30 minutes we go through Scotty Barnes' film and break down uh, what makes him special and what makes him tick. And and also it is geared a lot towards the role he'd been playing uh, for many games that he didn't really play in this one because of the way that the Hawks defended. But with the change in role back to more of that initiation from him, a little bit more, uh, I guess, cutting from the wing rather than operating as a big or as a DHO hub in this game, he was still plenty... Uh, plenty fantastic. Nine of sixteen from the field, twenty-seven points, twelve rebounds, the two assists. I mean, this is this is the way that the Hawks played him. He had mismatches in this game. Sometimes he had pos- possessions where he was clearly the guy who had the best look. Pascal struggled in this game, and and Scotty on some possessions is beating guys that that Pascal really couldn't. It's it's a really great game for Scotty. Tough one for Pascal. So not a bunch of assists in this game and. Teams were less likely to float over to him. But also, the two assists is a reflection of that 7 for 29 from the field number. Uh, three steals as well. Very active game for Scotty. This is kind of the silver lining. When you have a young star, a guy who's trying to make his way up the ranks of the NBA, who has not only the resume, but a bunch of the intriguing skills that make it seem plausible that he could, if your team is losing and that star is performing well, it's it's easier to swallow, and and hopefully for people that does make this one a little bit easier. But the fact remains that the Raptors they had trouble against a good team. And are the Hawks even good? I mean, they certainly have quite a bit of talent on the roster, but they didn't even have Clint Capella, who is absolutely essential to what the Hawks want to do. I know Onyeka Kongwu is a very intriguing player, and I think he's going to end up quite good. And they've definitely been getting stuff out of them. And even in this game, I thought he had several possessions that were really great on Pascal, for example. But the Hawks, they have Trey, they have DeJounte, yes. They have John Collins, who's underwhelmed in a lower usage role. But this is a team the Raptors should be able to compete with. And they looked outclassed for much of this game. I guess we'll kind of zoom in on Pascal. He got gapped a little bit, but for the most part, I think this is a guy who is struggling to beat his defenders in one-on-one and he got to a lot of spots that were comfortable and he just didn't hit his shots and what I mean by that is I think he was one or two for 11 outside of three feet and he finishes five for 16 in this game and he missed a couple shots from you know I think it was like maybe in that eight nine foot range that he's typically quite good in that short mid range is it has to be a hub for him it's one of the unique aspects of his game that allows him to draw so much attention so many doubles so much rotation so that he can play make the way that he sees fit and those shots didn't go down the three pointers didn't go down and he wasn't able to force his way to the rim even some of his finishes there came in these these off ball rolls right these cuts and he still he finishes with six assists in this game, and he's still a major driver of what the Raptors want to do. But in a game where you get basically not even minutes, right, relative to what you're expecting from from Fred and Gary, and Gary goes two for seven, and Fred goes one for nine, and there's just nothing from your backcourt. And, and Malachi Flynn, to start the game, that first half, I think he had some riveting shot making, seven points. And uh, like one catch and shoot three, but the rest, you know, with this impressive layup, 
um, a nice little stop and pop that he made. And the Raptors, though, not getting much from their backcourt and kind of trying to feature attacking through the front court, worked with Scotty, not so much with OG or Pascal. And that, that made it tough. Precious Boucher, 14 and 13 off the bench. That was that was really nice to see. And they were a huge part of the Raptors kind of climbing back into this game, going with that bigger lineup. The defense was awesome. You know, there's only 18 points scored by the Hawks in this game. That's That's fantastic. And it's kind of what I mentioned earlier, right, is that the Raptors... If they throw enough size out there against this team, they felt it offensively because they couldn't score late. And this is kind of the trade-off, right? You're you're putting in these athletic, really good defenders, but also on the other side, these are guys who won't create at the same level as the guards. And, you know, that's not saying much. I mean, they probably did create more than the guards technically in this game because we're looking at Malachi and Gary and Fred who... Malachi was the only player who played above average, and Gary and Fred played way below average. But typically, on on an average game, you're losing something uh, as far as offensive skill sets and what you're able to create making that trade-off. And the Raptors made the right trade-off in this game. That was the right button to push. It just couldn't bring them all the way back. And down the stretch, they felt it that they were stronger defensively. Um, even the the buckets that the Hawks scored were these really tough shots in the in-between from Trey and from DeJounte Murray. I mean, DeJounte hit two in a row on Precious, I believe, and Precious was moving his feet with him while still keeping him at bay and, and face guarding as well, got the hand in the face for the contest. And DeJounte, you know, some, some nice rolls on the rim. It fell in, but that's soft touch. That's a shooter, especially from that area of the court. And the Raptors on the other side. They couldn't hit their open shots. They turned down some open ones that they should have taken. And they couldn't score with them down the stretch. They certainly could defend. But they didn't have the juice in this one. And that's really too bad because this was a game where the Raptors, it's not that common for this bench to outplay other benches. Now, some people, I know there's there's a, a raging debate about how bad the Raptors bench really is. And if it's just because Nurse refuses to play them, if it's just because Nurse... Uh, is is not being, I guess, is not investing enough time into the bench to see if things will work. And, and I'm sure that that's like, that's a fair critique. And when you see games like this where the bench gets more play and it works better, it's very nice to see. You're wondering now, and I'm sure everybody is, when the Raps will find that equilibrium where it's not just the bench having a, a good game and, and Gary and Fred play 20 in 26 minutes and combine for what three for 17 from the field that's really tough maybe three for 16 I can't, I can't remember but and pascal struggles right pascal can't drive forward and be the hub of everything and struggles in his one-on-one and doesn't have the jumper going and even og who has you know a couple shots that were made a little bit of you know putting the ball down but still finishes five for 13 it's just the raptors aren't driving enough offense like let's the field goal percentages right in that in that starting lineup 38 percent 56 percent big shout out scotty 31 percent 28 percent 11 percent that's not tenable you are not going to cut it at the nba level doing so and the raptors as as good that button was to push at the end to bring the extra the bigger guys out to lean a little bit harder into you know crashing the glass into being able to rotate defensively it really didn't close the gap because they still needed some of those traditional skills and and they couldn't play like that the whole game because how could you possibly start like that the whole game you have to have some uh, belief in Fred in Gary uh, to be able to get out there and defend their positions but in this game that was not the case and, and you worry right you worry that this is 
the Raptors won three in a row. Sure. Two of them versus the Charlotte Hornets, though. And that's why during those reaction pods, I made sure to say, like, hey, this is Charlotte. You know, we don't know anything yet. Not truly. The Raptors have to prove this stuff against other teams, against middle-of-the-pack teams, which Atlanta very much is, against good teams, which we'll see in the coming days, right? Like, they, the last time they played Boston, they said it was a measuring stick game. This time they're going to play Boston again. I am i don't know if they consider it a measuring stick game or if they'll be like, damn, this is a team that probably just beats us because Boston is really good this year, and the Raptors, they, they haven't been. You know, there's nothing... I don't find anything when I go into the numbers for the Raptors that spells uh, elite on any part of the floor, right? Sure, they they cause turnovers. That's fine. But your defense is not one of the better defenses in the league. You still give up a lot of attempts at the rim, and you still allow a very high percentage at the rim, and you still give up a lot of corner threes. Uh, it's it's tough to make the case that they're elite on that end. And being elite at generating turnovers, as we've seen hasn't translated to a good enough defense. So they're not elite there. They're certainly not elite on offense. And uh, they've had a few nice games in a row, but that also includes Charlotte. There were were other promising games too, but the Hawks didn't play the the deep-dropping sync defense against Scotty. That allowed for the DHO hub to kind of allow for everybody to get into the mix and to play freely in the middle of the floor where Scotty can connect and everything like that. They they pressured the ball, and that meant that Scotty had more opportunities to just beat guys and score and bully drive, and that was awesome to see. But the Raptors, there, there was more stagnation in the offense. And and I know they probably feel better about the way they pass the ball, but it, it's hard to keep passing the ball and doing that kind of stuff when, you know, you, you see so many guys miss shots, you shoot 24% from downtown, it starts to feel like a more viable option to take the ball and get to your spot. And the Raptors, credit to them, they did a pretty good job of moving the ball till the bitter end. They just didn't hit shots. And maybe these games start to look a lot better if they do hit shots, but this is a roster. This is a team who says, through cupped hands, we can't shoot. And they don't say it with their voices necessarily, but they say it with their game. And that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Raptors lose this one, 114-103. The Reggie M's Award, who would a person give this to? I'd give it to Chris Boucher. Really great cutting in this game. Um, hit a couple threes. I know that uh, he wasn't able, and he and the bench weren't able to swing this thing all the way back in. And despite being, you know, a guy who closes the game and despite being a guy who helped the Raptors find the energy to get back in it to some degree, um, you know, they fall short. And I, I'm sure he feels the same way. But the the hustle in this game was... Um, it was certainly there. Uh, I felt like it was a big aspect of this game, and I thought he was awesome. He uh, he also got whacked around a couple times in this game. So, um, a warrior for the Reggie Evans Award, Chris Boucher. Okay, top quick reaction comment from my guy, Lee's Quote, the outcome was obvious right from the opening bell. Absolutely listless, unfocused, and distracted effort in the very first few minutes. Nick took forever to call a timeout, and then it just got worse from there. Hey, hashtag grumpy old man. I suppose everybody gets blown by. So Fred's effort at POA was okay in your book. Just wondering, and for the love of God, Nick, how about trying doubting when Fred is crapping the bed on D, end quote. Okay, so, yeah, it did take a long time to call that timeout. That's that's correct. Uh, Doughton instead of Fred. I, I liked the decision that Nick made to go bigger because I, I don't think... Uh, 
I don't think that there was a guard that was going to stick DeJounte or, or Trey. Although I, I would never turn my nose up at trying Delton. But I think that Nick found the answer he was looking for defensively. The Raptors found the results they were looking for defensively. And it, it wasn't because the Hawks stopped, like had such a big lead that they were disinterested. It was that the Raptors actually, with their bigger lineup and with the talented defenders switching out and rotating, actually found a decent way to stop the Hawks. I thought that was the right one. And Fred, 26 minutes, maybe that's a bit rich for you. Maybe not, but point of attack defense was bad. So bad that he played 26 minutes in, in a game. When was the last time he did that without being injured, you know? He, he got pulled. Um, so he didn't go to bat for him in the media afterwards anyway. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, there's definitely, I understand why people would have a problem with Fred's defensive performance in this one. He also struggled a lot last year versus Trey. It's just, it's not his matchup. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I know why people would focus in a little bit more because there's been more matchups this year that you kind of lean back and say, that's not Fred's matchup that maybe in the past you would say were. So, Lees, thank you for writing in. Um, good reminder on the timeout. And, uh, yeah, time to get grumpy with Nick. Uh, yeah, Lees, uh, everybody, thanks for listening in. Uh, if you're on YouTube, like the video. Also, subscribe. If you like me, and my work, the best way to support it and everyone else at Raptors Republic is to go to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe. Uh, the work is awesome. Uh, I'm not going to be humble about that. The work is really good. Uh, I The written work is always great. So please uh, support. For people listening on the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Let me chop it up with you. And uh, yeah, whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. <laughs>